as you know, um, there have been reports that Ethiopian Airlines is, you know, has decided to purchase more jets from Boeing. If you follow the news closely, the announcement made on New Year's Day that Ethiopia, one of the critical countries on the continent of Africa, has recently signed a memorandum of understanding with Somaliland covering several areas may have created the first major geopolitical risk of the year of 2024. Now, given the fact that Somali's president, it's another country, signed a bill on Saturday voiding a, a preliminary agreement for Somaliland to provide landlocked Ethiopia with poor access to Somaliland's coast in a largely symbolic move intend to rebuke both parties over the deal. If you follow the news closely, again, we're looking at the younger generations, particularly they're holding different reactions towards the deal. Youth around the world are also advocating that believe that this deal made between Ethiopia and also Somaliland should be nulled and void. Well, what gives? How should we understand this entire memorandum? And also, what does that mean by signing into the deal that Ethiopia actually provide much greater access, especially for this political and also this economic interests? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished speaker. Again, if you follow our shows closely, that you'd be familiar with Scott Morgan. Again, Scott has been one of our distinguished speakers, and mainly covers the issues related to the countries on the continent of Africa, and he's based in Washington, D.C. Well, Scott, and welcome back to The Missing Piece, and happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you, my friend. Scott, I want to get started. As we mentioned before, now let's talk about this. This new deal that initiated between the nation of Ethiopia and also with Somaliland. Now, let's start with a fundamental question. I believe by signing this memorandum with Somaliland, that basically acknowledge or officially acknowledge the, uh, what we say, the authenticity of Somaliland. So that actually just became the, uh, the 55th uh, country, or we say regions on the land of Africa. So what is the memorandum between those two countries, and why is it so controversial at this moment? That is a great question. Um, as you know, the memorandum which was signed was to give Ethiopia access to another port. You know, they would have access to the port of Berbera. One of the main points of controversy, believe it or not, was that Ethiopia would then be able to construct a naval base mm. to protect their interests in Berbera. And another layer to that has recently come out, as you know, there are reports that Ethiopia would actually sublease part of, part of their quote-unquote naval base to Russia. As you know, Russia has not actually sought a port in the Red Sea. As you know, the conflict in Sudan has negate, has pushed back the options that they currently have, which is Port Sudan. That has been pushed back in the back burner. But 
you know, that is one of the main controversial points because basically for a deal like that, the Somalia government's position is that no, Somalia, you you know, Somalia cannot make this deal, a deal like that. We have to make, even though the Somali government, you know, Somalia, Somalia is still under Chapter 7 UN mandate and still has peacekeepers and is still tech and is still fractured, as you know. People forget also Puntland also made a similar deal with the UAE without the military base. So that is the one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is Ethiopia is looking for another option for trade. Mm. Right now, currently, they do most of their international commerce goes through Djibouti. And there was one estimate that stated that this MOU could actually save the Ethiopian economy, which is struggling right now, up to $800 million per year. So that is one area why this deal makes sense for Ethiopia. And another thing I actually raised also, it kind of falls in the same lane as that, you know, you know, with most of their trade in Djibouti and with the actions of the Houthis now in the Red Sea, where they've been attacking shipping, heading the port, ports or to and from ports that are actually, they consider to be friendly towards Israel, which have come under attack. That's an aspect you generally are not hearing a lot of people talking about. You know, how much of the Houthis affecting the economies of Djibouti and Ethiopia? We, we know that the Egyptian economy has lost millions of dollars right now because of the lack of, tra- lack of traffic going through the Suez Canal. And so it's one of these, as with most African crises, what you see on the surface is all, it's one thing, but when you get when you start digging deeper and just determining what other factors and root causes are, it gets murkier and murkier. But Scott, I want to shift our uh, question. Let's go back to another critical piece, which is the relationship between the nation of Somalia and Somaliland. Now, according to research, correct me if I'm wrong. Somaliland declared independence from Somalia in 1991 amid a civil war in the country's south and has operated completely autonomous. But meanwhile, as soon as the deal was made or initiated between Ethiopia and Somaliland, I want to get your reaction based on the statement of the current president of Somalia. And again, on Saturday, he declared and he uh, signed into this uh, uh, statement that the deal should be considered as null and void. So in other words, from the government of Somalia perspective, Somaliland and Ethiopia had no legitimate reason to form or to sign this memorandum, which politically and also economically could injure or could uh, um, undercut the nation of Somalia. So what is actually the tension or what is the history between Somalia and Somaliland? And why is the nation of or the government of Somalia holding so much, what we say, pushback against such deal. What do you think of that? Well, what do you say to that? First of all, we also have to remember Somalia was 
a country that was created when two distinct parts entities were joined force joined. You know, Puntland and the southern in the Cheval region of the southwest Kenya were actually put together as Somalia because they were an Italian colony. What we know is Somaliland was actually a British colony mm. and actually briefly had its own independence in 1960. And then within a matter of days, they decided to join with Somalia and created the and create the entity which we now know as Somalia. One thing, and this, which is going to be difficult for the Somali for the government, is that for decades after the overthrow of General Syed Barry to just for two to uh, roughly about two thousand six, there was no functioning central government in Mogadishu. Each region governed itself, while very well the various clans fought each other to determine who would actually control the Somali government. And not, and, not, and other entities like the U.S. was involved, the U.N., AU, others have actually created government and national unity and they're actually trying to extend the reach over over the country as a whole. There are now, there are pro-Mokadishu elements in Somaliland working to reunify you know, reunify that region with Mogadishu. That is going to be a difficult challenge because, you know, for decades you've had a region that was pretty much left to its own, was in a position where, with no help of, from the major, really from the international community, actually became a thriving, thriving economically. And now, and they're going to, and they resent Mogadishu reimposing their will upon them. That is going that until that is resolved, this issue will not go away. So the Somaliland, you know, the Somaliland region, you know, has actually had, you know, they have been actually lobbying, saying, you know, we declared our independence, you know, we left after, you know, we joined them in 1960, the country fell apart. And now they want us back in there. We don't want to rejoin. And that's going to, and that will create an interesting lobbying debate here in Washington. We know that the Smiley region has actually advocated, sought, and actually tried to introduce legislation at one point to recognizing the independence of Smiley Land. That didn't go anywhere. And the most, the last two NDAAs, there was language introduced in both of them that would actually have Somaliland declared as an independent entity. When the bill, when the final bills were amended, that language was not removed. So it's interesting to see that the but yet when Puntland made the region made the deals that they made with the United Arab Emirates to to uh, improve the ports of Basaso, I mean Basaso, the Mogadishu within in 2018, the central government in Mogadishu did not complain. You know, so that is all. At some, in some ways, the government is undercutting itself. Mm. And, and, and here, there's one another interesting fact. You know, which everybody talks about. You know, about this. The government of Mogadishu is struck is in an entrenched conflict against Al Shabaab. You know, it's a moderate level insurgency. Al Shabaab has come out and supported the Somali government in this. It's one, some people actually be scratching their heads like, why would Al Shabaab do this? 
part of the reason why out right now, Al-Shabaab's main target is actually not the Somali government. Al-Shabaab's main target right now is actually Ethiopia. Mm. So that little part, that part of the puzzle is explained. Now, Scott, I want to ask you about the political and also this economic state from Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopia's perspective. Now, recently during one interview, this is the type of description that came from Ethiopia's state, again, from this political perspective or even from this economic perspective, and I quote, that Ethiopia will be granted about 20 kilometers of land across Somaliland's Gulf Aden coast for a period at least 50 years, with Ethiopia granting Somaliland an equivalent value of shares in Ethiopian airlines to the land acquired. Now, again, I don't know how good or how well that we can calculate regarding this 20 kilometers of land across uh, uh, Somaliland's Gulf of Aden. But one thing we have to understand is this is, is a good opportunity where this is such a valuable economic opportunity for Somaliland. So going back to the question I had before, does that mean that Ethiopia today is the first African country that officially acknowledge the presence or the legitimacy of Somaliland. And that will basically add to another uh, a, a nation to the continent of, continent of Africa. And what do you think for Ethiopia will get in return? What do you say to that? Well, the second part of that question is actually easier to answer first, because as you know, uh, there have been reports that Ethiopian Airlines is, you know, has decided to purchase more jets from Boeing mm. and that they don't have enough capital to actually fund this fund that deal. This could be one of the mechanisms that is used to have the Somaliland government actually invest in Ethiopian Airlines could actually be used to fund that deal. You know, that's an interesting possibility. And it's not just Ethiopian Airlines, you know, because there's also talk, you know, it's on again, off again reports stated that the Somaliland would also be allowed to invest in Ethio Telecom, you know, Ethiopia's National Telecommun Telecommunications Agency. You know, if they actually start, if they actually went into Hargeisi and Berbera and actually improved, improved internet, and wireless communications, which would actually be a benefit to the Somaliland, could actually see that. That could actually be a benefit. As you know, could Ethiopia be seen as as recognizing, you know, Somaliland's independence? You know, the Somalilanders, Somalilanders would act, are actually hopeful of that. And in some cases, you know, they have been on social media bragging about this. And they're, they're actually going to, and then they're actually talking about, yeah, the UK is going to be, be next. The Emirates will be next. The United States will be next. And to make, and what makes this situation even more crazy and confusing is the statement of the, by the, by the Biden administration stating 
then when it comes to Somalia, we respect the 1960 border. It's just like, and then most people are actually asking, is this pre-July 1st or post? Because July 1st, 1960 is a day where the Somaliland region actually joined with the other parts of Somalia to form that country. So once again, the Biden, once again, the State Department has left people in a position of not, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm the, if you first read it, it's like, it's a simple, straightforward statement. But if you're, but to the analysts and those who specifically follow the Horn policy statement by the Biden administration, it's even more confusing. Mm. It makes it even more murkier. It also, but the Ethiopian action also emboldens Somaliland to take more actions to seek to have other countries recognize their independence, which is probably the ultimate benefit they could get. Scott, I know you wrote an amazing article regarding this matter, and I want to go back to the article and quote something that you wrote. There have been some interesting statements made by the main security partners of Somalia the EU issued a statement reminding all of, quote, the importance of respecting the unity, the sovereignty, and the territorial integrity of the Federal Republic of Somalia, as defined by its constitution and other AU and UN treaties. Now, why do you think it's so important and crucial? Again, this is something you uh, briefly touch on that we heard a statement from EU. So in other words, what does EU actually have something to do with the memorandum or what does uh, EU has something to do with the sovereignty and also even this, what you called territorial integrity of the Federal Republic of Somalia. So does that mean that EU is trying to avoid having major political conflict with Ethiopia or maybe Somaliland and instead of to understand that the statement or to support the statement from the perspective of Somalia what do you say to that oh the answer to that question is is that the e the, the way that the EU the EU position is basically is what they're basically saying is that we we concur with the position of the current government in Mogadishu Mm. I mean, it's quite it's quite that simple. Even though the fact that Somalia is still fractured, you know, punk, you know, punk land, the, it was the Somali ambassador to Turkey has just resigned his position to go back to be a cabinet minister within Puntland itself. That move actually undercuts the position of the current federal current government in Mogadishu. And, you know, when they go by territorial integrity, you know, basically, you know, everybody's looking at, you know, Somalia is one entity since 1960. You know, one of the co-founders of the Organization of the Islamic Conference, you know, they looked at, you know, they still look at it as one homogenous state. I mean, if the one person that did the most actually did the most damage to Somalia would actually be General Siad Barry, you know, with the way... That his regime was after his coup, and his country fought a disastrous war with Ethiopia in the late 1970s, which actually started the breakup 
of Somalia into clan states, which actually led to like the U.S., the U.S. and the U.N. peacekeeping missions, where we saw the, we saw members of the U.S. Uh, U.S. Green, uh, U.S. Special Forces killed in Mogadishu, which have been documented in the book in the movie Black Hawk Down. That happened in the early days of the Clinton administration, 1993. Hmm. So this is actually. Like thirty years ago, this was Somalia was in this this type was in the was in a fractured state. It was considered to be a failed state. Now conditions are they improving? Yes, but during that period of a third of, of when Somalia literally broke up into several multi clan based fiefdoms, Somaliland you know maintained a functioning semi central government. The Somaliland Legion was was actually, in some ways, a security you know a security partner. You know, several U.S. alphabet agencies were actually using that as a base of operations on the ground mm. when they weren't when most when the U.S. and others were act when when the State Department and others were actually were running their Somali operations out of Nairobi. Mm. Scott, two more questions before letting you go. Now, I want to talk about the reaction among the young, uh, younger generations in the nation of Ethiopia and also in uh, Somaliland. Now, again, as soon as the memorandum was announced between uh, the two parties, we we'll have to say that the younger generations on both sides, some of them are actually celebrating because again, it's a big step, it's a progress for the nation of Somaliland. But meanwhile, some is seeing this or some understand this as a drawback for the nation of Ethiopia. And of course, even it's a, a, a what we say economic backlash for the nation of Somalia. Now, why do you think that the younger generations today in the Horn of Africa are so involved in such political or social changes. And does that mean that more and more younger generations today that are not, or shouldn't say not, but no longer interested in forming this type of economic or political memorandum? So what is the a message behind such movement? Well, I think one of the things is regardless for whatever has been the been course of change, you know, it's always been the youth that has us, that has brought forth the change, you know, because, you know, in several other countries in Africa, you know, you have, you have a youthful population who are very engaged on social media. Mm. And then you have the current leaders of the country who are the same age as like their great grandparents. You know, when I'm talking about that, I'm thinking about specifically about, about President B in Cameroon or Obiang, President Obiang in Equatorial Guinea. People are in that advance and they have not kept up with the times as you know, with the technology and everything. And the youth are agitating because the opportunities that they, they see on social media by others in the US, West Europe, whatever, they see those opportunities as like, and, and they're saying, 
Why can't we have them? So they're actually going to be the one. So they'll be the ones agitating. You know, like, you know, look at Uganda when you have President Museveni, who is actually, who's been in power since 1986, which was two years after I graduated high school. Mm. He's still, he's still, he's been in power since then. He's still in charge. And then you have Bobby Wine, who is very, who is half his age, mm. is his main political opposition. Mm. It's not just about this memorandum between Ethiopia and Somaliland. It's also matters to, as you mentioned before, the port access to the Red Sea. And also we continue to monitor this reaction from the nation of Somalia. And given the fact that as long as the, uh, the nation or the government of Somalia won't stand by the side... And I believe it could actually hurt uh, this memorandum or this political or economic cooperation uh, badly. But anyway, so we'll continue to keep our eyes on it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Scott Morgan. Again, Scott Morgan has been the president of Red Eagle Enterprises since its inception in November 2012. And he's based in Washington, D.C., and he specializes in U.S. policy towards Africa, focusing on domestic and international security, religious liberty, and also regarding this international territorial disputes. Again, Scott, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. We really appreciate it. And again, love to have you back on the show as we continue and further our discussion regarding the nation of Ethiopia and the Somalia, and of course, most importantly, regarding Somaliland. So thank you so much for doing this.